Greetings, everybody. Peace, love, unity, and success to the multitude. Uh, this week, um, starting off, um, Wilkinson County was on lockdown after an inmate snatched the keys from an officer and went into an inmate cell and stabbed the inmate. His condition is currently unknown. Um, uh, MDOC this week, they released two memos throughout the state. The first one is saying if an inmate is found with a, a large quantity of personal hygiene, it will be seized and destroyed if they cannot afford to bail it home. Ironically, on March 2nd, inmates in Wilkinson County received a memo from the warden stating that the 1st and the 15th, they can order $125 in candy for talk radio. Um, a couple of the things that he talked on, touched on was um, they purchased three ambulances, uh, one for uh, CMCF in Rankin County, uh, Green County, and Parchment. Uh, an update was given for the nursing staff to answer all codes involving a downed inmate. Uh, following that uh, inmate's death down up in Rankin County. Uh, he also proceeded to state that they are sending more of these uh, gang leaders out of state to Colorado here shortly. Um, starting April 1st, uh, in all state-operated facilities, the food content is to be changing over from the, this nasty half halfway-made food that they're feeding us now. For uh, like the processed needs and the imitation foods that they're feeding us, they're going to be removed in a place. And if this will get better or worse, only time will tell. Uh, the obituaries this week, uh, two more inmates have passed away within MDOC's custody. Uh, the first one is Quintez Hodges, age 40, was pronounced dead Saturday morning at uh, Mississippi State Penitentiary. Uh, the staff is calling it a suicide, uh, but uh, uh, this was actually, he actually passed away due to the uh, high heat that they had turned on there. Uh, Wayne Humphrey, 50, passed Sunday evening in Stone County Hospital in Wiggins, Mississippi. Autopsy is pending via a medical examiner that works with an MDOC. Um, in during the freeze, my source stated the following. There was a death row inmate that died Sunday. The cause of his death was because they turned the heat up so high after they was complaining it wasn't no heat and that it was cold. Also, he said that there had been an alarming alarming amount of deaths reported under, I mean, unreported under Burl Kane's administration due to due to the staff trying to cover it up. Um, for my weekly update, that is all for that I have for right now. Um, y'all, this week. Uh, there's, there's, under this one topic, there's five different faces of oppression that, 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 that are faced within these walls. Um, but first I want to kind of get a little, little, uh, factual information here and statistical. Um, the incarceration rate in Mississippi is 1,039 people per 100,000. And this number is included in prisons, jails, immigration detention centers, and juvenile justice facilities. Okay, and now I'm going to move into tonight's topic. Five faces of oppression. Exploitation. Marginalization. Powerlessness. Cultural domination. And violence. The five faces the five ugly faces, let me say that, the five ugly faces of oppression. The first face, exploitation. The way they exploit us, this system exploits us by creating high demand, and they do it in different ways. High commissary prices, uh, creating problems 
within placing certain individuals on the zone just to cr- because they know it'll create division amongst us. Okay? The second phase, marginalization. The way the staff treat us. Different ways that that happens, too. Whether it be lockdown or showing favoritism towards a person, it happens every day. And more more people are unaware to it that it's even happening to them themselves. But we all face the second face of oppression. And the third face, powerlessness. They stick us behind these walls because at one point or another, we found a weak link in the broken system and began to expose it. Like, for example, last year during the uprising, we started exposing the living conditions that we had to face. And they didn't like that. So they started locking people down and get, and, and moving them around and stuff. But they feel that by placing us in these different prisons, that they've taken our power and our influence. In a way, really, if you think about it, it's, it's almost like we're political prisoners. Uh, the fourth phase is cultural domination. In prison, there's many different walks of life, but two main types of individuals, the convict culture and the staff culture. We have our ways of doing things up here as today. Their politics is our way of life is controlled by their dominating ways. And we just stand there and let them do whatever the hell they want to do. And they place certain groups around us to create control in that environment and create a difference amongst us. The fifth and the ugliest place there is, violence. When individuals are placed around us to control our environment, it creates problems because, you know, one day our zone is calm and quiet. Next day they bring four or five different gang members to the zone and then they become thicker and thicker, and then they start bringing the drugs over here. And next thing you know, you got guys fighting, guys screaming, hollering at each other just because they can't get their fixed. Then the folks want to come in looking like they ain't got a clue as what the hell is going on. But the whole time, they really know what's going on because they're the one that put these individuals over here. But not only does this oppression affect us in here, but once we get from behind these walls, it becomes even harder. We now have that stamp on us, convicted felon. When we fill out for a job form, we have to state that we are convicted felons. Many jobs won't even hire us just for that very reason because they don't want a criminal having a position in their place of business. We're human beings just like they are, but depression extends further than just five faces. Going back to what I mentioned in my update, they released two memos this week about being able to order canteen and hygiene the first half of the month and hygiene the, just a second one. This is irony. In my opinion, this is irony to the fullest. How can you sit there and say we only have, we can only have X amount of hygiene that having a surplus of hygiene will be seized and destroyed if we can't afford a mail at home and then turn around and say we can order up to $125 and just hygiene alone. This is a tactic, y'all. They let us order this hygiene and then use that excessive amount of hygiene that we're not supposed to have as a reason to come in here and harass us and shake us down. That is a... How can I put this? That is, at best, an example of the system oppressing us. This shit's not fair. We're human beings, and I'm tired of this. For everything they tell us is beneficial for the population. They come behind that with more ways to hold us down and suppress us and oppress us. It's high time we stand up to this, that they're doing to us. I understand we have to sacrifice certain things in order to have other things. We'd like to have our tobacco, but at what price? Them telling us we can do this, but can't have so much of the same thing? That's like giving a kid a really cool toy and telling them, you can't play with that. What's the point of even having it? That's no way to live. 
like in oh, 29 J Bill, where that inmate passed away at. The staff are saying it's suicide. But we really know what's going on out here, man. These, these people are trying to cover it up. They don't, they don't want the truth up. They don't want us to expose the different ways that they're oppressing us and, and trying to keep us quiet. Like I stated, the inside source said that this was due to them turning the heat up after many, many inmates complained. The uh, the uh, 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 one of the wards said, "Y'all want to know what hell's like? Y'all don't know what hell's like. I'm finna crank the heat up since y'all want to complain about it, about it being cold. Y'all finna see what hell's like. People passing out left and right. Then you had, and then Jay Building, you had this man pass away. This shit ain't right." What I'm, what I'm wondering is, there's these cover-ups under this new administration. Why are they trying to cover these deaths up? Why are the nurses trying to lie on their reports? Hanging? More like suffocation due to intense heat. Then they want to feed us the way we are fed. Some of you may remember the pictures of last year's uprising. they still feeding us the same way. supposed to be removed and no longer serve starting April 1st. But still, this is used as a form of punishment. Like an example, uh, I was locked up in a regional, and on our trays, um, for and one of the slides was vegetables, and an inmate asked the kitchen uh, worker officer, "Why is there more water than there's like there is vegetables? I got like three vegetables on my tray." The officer responds by telling him, "Oh, that that water that's part of the service. but then they want to to pull us away and hold us down and keep us down. No, it ain't going like that. It's time we come together. It's time we stand up. You feel me? It's time we stand up. And the only way we'll stand up is if these guys get past all this gang mentality. Because as long as we're fighting each other, we'll forever take one step forward and two steps back.
Okay, y'all can hear me. Good, good. That's good. Um, but anyway, go back to what I was saying. Um, if if these guys can't open up, if these guys can't open their minds up, they're opening up their minds and their eyes and realize that as long as this foolishness is going on, we will forever, like I said, two step, one step forward, two steps back. And oh, I apologize, y'all. Excuse me. We actually do have a caller with their hand up. Uh, caller, you there? Hello. I've uh, got a question about the everyday undercurrent of oppression that must be going on in every prison in regards to the regular lockdowns that are constantly going on and the mental state that this must and the mental toll it must, must take on everyone that's incarcerated. And I was wondering how that is affecting people and their mental state and um, the level of attention that that must cause um, every inmate. That's a very good question. And, like, um, they, they, they have different tactics. And some of those tactics that they use affect, I've, I've seen it affect guys in a major way. Like um, I've seen, I've I've seen and heard guys like we go on lockdown for an extended amount of time. Like uh, last year, for example, when we went on lockdown for the uprising, um, we was on lockdown from like October to almost Christmas, and um, that would explain why nobody can hear me. Unmuted. Oh, can 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 y'all hear me on the call in line? Don't forget, yeah. Kyle. The reason why we muted it is because of the echo. <coughs> oh, okay, okay. Remember? Oh, <coughs> yeah. Okay, I I didn't realize they had muted my line on the uh, host panel. That's the reason. So you guys. Okay, I'm. So that means all this time I've been talking. It's just been on the uh, live. Yes, because of the uh, because there was that the malfunction with the the panels, the way we had to connect this time, and it was echoing through all platforms. So we had to cut one out. That's why we can only hear it on live. Thank you, Sarah Jane, for letting right. us know that. Thank you, thank you. Um. Anyway, like we went on that lockdown during the uprising for an extended amount of time. And I, there was a guy, I can't remember what his name was, but the lockdown affected him in such a way, it blew my mind. The man started talking to himself and, and made up his own friend. Like, it's it, like some of the things that they do, they have done, has really affected people in a major, major, major mental way. Um... We also have another uh, person with their hand up. Uh, yes, Colin, you there? Hey, everybody, it's Lulu. Um, I just wanted to come on and, um, you know, give you guys some of my love. I know I have been missing, but at the end of the day, what you're talking about today, um, for Kyle, is very, very important. I think that one of the most heartbreaking things that I have heard throughout this pandemic um, is the mental health struggle that I hear a lot of brothers go through, is the the trauma that they're experiencing. You know, unfortunately, I don't know any women who are incarcerated. And so my my experience and what I've been hearing, you know, just over this period of time, 
through pandemic, you know, I know that this is something that existed prior to pandemic. So you just want to make sure that mental health is always acknowledged, um, even if other people aren't. Even if other people aren't checking for you, they, you're checking for them. And so I just want to acknowledge that there have been a lot of people who have been stuck in reception for over six months at a period of time. You know, and I would have mothers calling me basically saying that they were cutting themselves just to get out into a mental health institute, mental dorm or location to, so that they would be okay. especially whenever it comes to this particular time with COVID-19 and I know that right now what it's like because I'm experiencing COVID-19 it's not something to play with you know you guys but remember that we're on the outside we have access to antibiotics we have access to doctors and we can go about it as we choose but these men and these (laughs) women that are inside these prisons they do not have that luxury and upon this situation that we're in and upon the the stipulations that they can't even get access to fresh water or a good food that they <coughs> is supposed to be getting just because that's what it's supposed to be getting. I can only imagine the the mental the grievances that, that these men and these women are going through because I know what it's like on the outside yeah. and I do know what it's like to be on the inside and it is not nothing to play with, especially this time and this right now. If people have never had to experience prison, I wish they never would, but I wish that they could volunteer for one day to go sit behind a door cell to see what it's truly like because their their opinions of what's going on and opinions of what's going on within the facilities now, it will change drastically. I promise you that. <laughs> Mental illness is yeah, we need you're, to be. You're so right. You're so right. I'm sorry. I'm going to chime out right now because I can't hardly breathe. <laughs> I think that something that what what I would like to see a lot of advocacy organizations, you know, do um, as pandemic is coming to a close and as Oregon, you know, states, especially like Mississippi, are opening all the way back up. I would love to see people have programs, you know, implemented that focus specifically on trauma reinforcement, healing. Um, also trying to bring some type of resolve to give people an opportunity to be involved in something um, because I think that even us in the United States, just people are outside of outside of those walls, we have become very, um, like, aggy and frustrated and, and we don't know what to do and we can't sit in the house one more minute and so think about, all of the excruciating circumstances that are involved with incarceration, it just makes it a little bit more complicated because, you know, you're looking at it from a perspective of, perspective of grown, grown men and women who really can't help themselves. And then you think about the kids who are incarcerated. You think about the juveniles who they don't necessarily have the right mindset, and a lot of the men and women don't have the right mindset but they're also unable to fight for themselves. And so how is that, you know, how does that actually turn out? You know, you can be stuck in a situation and you all you know is anger and frustration. And to use anger and frustration in this type of environment will only further trouble, if that makes sense. Like, it'll only further make your life more complicated, make things more difficult for you. And so it's just like, we got to find a way to help to humanize those who are incarcerated so people understand there are people just like you and I and we need to support and love them just like we would someone walking down the street in a bag of poor circumstances. That is so true because everybody needs to understand that behind those bars is men and women is mothers and sons and daughters and and grandparents and aunts and uncles and they made bad choices and just because someone makes a bad choice does not mean that they're bad people everyone that's listening to this broadcast has made a mistake every person on the face of this planet has made a mistake some more dire than others but still if we have 
to sit here and cast the first stone to everyone. No one will be casting the stone because we all fall short. We all fall short. People need to realize that. Hello, everybody. I'm just letting y'all know I'm back online. Oh, perfect. Go ahead, Mr. Uh, I wasn't trying to interrupt. I wasn't trying to interrupt. I just let y'all know I was back online. All right, good. Glad to hear you, brother. It takes a certain type of uh, person to be able to see, you know, the hearts of other people. But what what we have to remind everybody is we, we've all fallen short of the glory. If you out here running across that white line with pedestrians, most you could accidentally have hit somebody or been a part of something that you didn't anticipate because you made a mistake. There are some people who made poor choices, and there are some people who are in their circumstances because they were victims first before they were offended. And so what, what we can do is encourage people. We can offer them, you know, hope in the fact that there are people on the outside fighting for them, fighting for their justices, fighting for their rights, fighting for them to, to find just a better path in life. You know, that's important, I think, when a lot of people who are stuck in incarcerated situations, they need to know that they have support from somebody. They need to know because a lot of people, you know, you become socially dead to the world. And so with that, it's almost like you're stuck and you don't know what to do. And if nobody cares, um, then what's the purpose of working towards anything? If there isn't anyone who cares if I'm alive or if I'm dead, I might as well just do whatever throughout the day. And so we have to help people out of that stuck mindset. We have to help people to step out of stuff regardless of their circumstance and fight for the life that they want to have because it's possible. You know, we never know as we start seeing the world turn, um, you know, Right now, you're seeing a lot of different things happening in criminal justice reform. I mean, a lot of different things. We never know where we... Today, you might not be where you want to be, but that doesn't mean that next year, in a couple of months, two years from now, which is a short period of time for someone who has a long span, that you might not be in a situation that you never imagined. So it's always better to get ready so that... Be ready so you don't have to get ready when it happens. And so that's something that people who are incarcerated can do to help themselves, you know, you cannot put anything, you cannot get anything out of yourself that you didn't put in. And so if all you can do is educate yourself, if all you can do is, is soak up knowledge and absorb different ways for you to become better and greater at what it is, whatever it is that your heart desires, you know, I'm living and walking proof of that. You know, my husband and I, we are, my husband's been incarcerated for 23 years. And since we have been together, you know, we've started businesses, we've published books, we have, you know, found ways to make money through his incarceration. And so what I'm saying to you is that, and anyone who's listening, it's possible for you to have light at the end of a tunnel that doesn't seem so bright. You just have to want it and don't let anybody, you know, get the tunnel vision on and stay focused and don't let anybody stop you from what you know and believe you deserve in your heart. And if that's just a second chance, you deserve that and you should fight for it. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I've just been informed that uh, we have another caller that uh, that's going to speak. Uh, Al, are you there? Yes, yes. Uh, hold on just a second. I'm calling you there. Yeah, I'm calling from behind the walls. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I like to recap of, of how being behind these walls can affect you mentally and physically, you know? But, um, like, speaking of, here's a perfect example. It just so happened that yesterday I had something that challenged, challenged my mentality and something like that. It really tested my limits. See, I'm young, but, you know, I don't hang around my younger crowd of people, you know, because I'm not the sort of type I like to chill. I got a new roommate, and all he wants to do is be at the door, loud. You know, he wants to talk. He wants to keep me awake. You know, he doesn't no respect. So yesterday, me and him got into an argument, and, you know, being behind the walls, when you get into an argument, he's arguing with somebody, it's either it's either you or him, you know what I'm saying? If it gets it get to that point where you had to put your hands on physically, then it could be it's challenging because you never know when the next time these police will come around, or not, I'm not going to say police, I'm going to say correctional officers, 
You know, when these correctional officers will come around and do their, their you know, saying the routine count. So from here and there, they sometimes they don't even make them count. So you have a long time gap to where you, you're either in here fighting or y'all got to talk it out. So me and my rat partner got into a really heated argument where we were yelling at each other, and it got to the point to where it's either he got to go or I got to go or we got to talk it out. And at that point, I wasn't willing to talk it out because I was ready to go, you know what I'm saying? So, and, it, and this happened to be my cell, and he was coming into it. So when we got to arguing, we got real, real heated, and everybody in the walls were hearing it and stuff like that. And it got to the point to where I wanted to put my hands on him, but I had to stop myself because you can't you can't jump to something like that because it can get dangerous behind these walls. So I had to stop and realize that I got I got either we got to talk this out or make something work, you know. And um, so me and my right partner, we got to yelling, we got to arguing. And then I stopped to realize, I was like, hey, man, bro, we, we can't be doing this, man. We got to we gotta come together as one, you know what I'm saying? We're stuck. We're going to press people. We're stuck behind bars. We can't, We got to do this together. It's, it's us against them. We got to make some changes ourselves. So me and my right partner had a little sit down, and we talked about it, and we worked it out. And now he, he, he's, he, he's going to give me the respect I need when it comes to my sleep. And, you know, me- mentally, that, that's, that, that can help me, you know what I'm saying, because He's got problems, and I got problems, and I didn't have these problems before I came to prison. But these walls would do something to you, and like the the, um, the expression, the walls are talking to me. It can really get to that point, you know, and it's really it can be really hard on you whenever you don't know when, when the next thing's going to happen or the next time you might have to do something that is going to affect you mentally. And like when I get home, it's going to be really hard to snap my mind out of this because I've been locked down behind these walls for so long. And you got people in here that are trying to help change and help better this place, and I respect that, and I would do anything that I could do to help that, you know? And if y'all, you know what I'm saying, if y'all need to ask me anything about my conditions, living conditions, or whatever, y'all free to ask me any type of questions. I'm I'm an open book. Well, thank you for calling Thanks for people out there. I'm sorry? I said I was saying that. Thank you for sharing me. Thank you for calling in, and thank you for being being able to see what what the, what happens behind those bars. And we're not no animals. We're not caged animals without no conscience or without no understanding. I'm proud of you for what you're doing and what you, where you're moving and how you're moving. Just know you're not by yourself and you're not alone. And we appreciate you calling well, in. We really do. Yes, ma'am. Well, anytime I'm given anytime I'm given the opportunity to to speak for the people that's behind the bars, I'll, I'm 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 willing to freely express myself, you know, and give a voice to the people that that we can't normally give a voice for. You feel me?
Yeah, if he's stupid enough to violate, then, you know, hey, lock his ass back up, 
that. That's where it works. If you get out on the life, if you get out on the road on the life sentence, you only get one shot at it. If you violate, you never get paroled again. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, these, these excessive sentences are ridiculous. It doesn't make any damn sense because people change over time. People change over time. It's like I said before on this show. Think about it, people. All you listeners out there, think about it. Are you the same damn person that you was 20 years ago? If you are, something's wrong with you. Something is seriously wrong with you. Because nobody is the same person they were 20 years ago. Now, in any business been like that 20 years, the average one, you have a few of them old knuckleheads, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you got that. That's just part of life. But the average individual, after he's been 15 to 20 years, he ain't trying to come back to prison. He's trying to just get out, get, 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 get him a, a spouse, have some kids, have, you know, have a house, something, you know. But, um, Kyle, you got anything you want to say? Like you had said, 15, 20 years, that's a life sentence. You've watched 20 years of your life go by. That's, that's a long time behind these walls. And for, 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 for them to give you one chance, and then when you get out and you make one little mistake, they, they throw you away for it. They throw you away for one little mistake, like... A man could get out with life on parole, get out on parole, and catch a speeding ticket, a parking ticket, and just simply by by human nature, he forgets to pay it, and just like that, snap a finger, back to prison he goes. Yeah, it's like this, you know, things things like that, things like that, that could be, you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying overlook, you know what I'm saying, but. Yeah, you know, it ain't no sense of throwing a man back in prison for something, you know, something petty like that. But I talk, when I, what I'm talking about is if he gets out there and he, he he really screws up, you know what I'm saying? He's stupid enough to go out there and willfully and maliciously break the law. He done did 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Then he's got a problem within himself. And if he's done did 20, 15 to 20 years, thousands of years behind bars, and he gets back out, and he screws up like that again, then, I mean, it's obvious the guy's not going to change. You know, there's really no help for him. But, but the average individual, after he's done did that much time, he's not going to try to, he's not trying to come back. He's actually, you know, he's done grown, he's mature. You know what I'm saying? He, he's trying to make a life out of himself because he's realizing he's getting older. You know, you're 30 years old, you've been 20 years. When you get out, you're 50 years old. You know what I'm saying? There ain't that many uh, people that get put in prison at the age of 50, man. I mean, you got a lot of old folks in prison, but you go around them old folks, ask them how long they've been locked up. They've been locked up for a hot minute. They weren't 50 years old when they got locked up. They 25, 30, 35 years old, maybe even 40. The older an individual gets, the more, the, you know, his, his thinking process changes. His mind frame changes. He realizes he's getting older. He, you know, his time clock is ticking. So he ain't trying to spend what few short years he's got now. In prison, that's saying that you know the few that do get locked up in that old man. Like I read this one case, man was seventy-two years old, seventy-two years old, ended up getting a twenty-five-year sentence. I can't remember what the charge was, but he got twenty-five years. To him, that's a life fucking sentence, man. He'll never get out of prison. Yeah, I mean, because. The average person does not live to be 100 years old. I don't care. The average person don't live there, and, and especially in prison. I, I, I have yet met a 100-year-old man in prison. Because you, you just ain't going to live that, to be that age because of the stress that you go through up in here. 
So, you know, uh, for him to be to receive a 25-year sentence for the crime that he committed at that age was ridiculous. Give the man five years. He'd be 77 when he gets out. You know, he's not, he's, you know, he's got one foot in the grave. You know, there's a lot of factors that they can put in before they sentence people. You know what I'm saying? Other than just the crime itself. Think about the age of, I mean, because you're MDOC. They they think about the age when you get locked up. When you're young, they give you points. The younger you are when you get locked up, the more points you get on uh, on your record. You know? It's just, it's, it's just, you know, it's a lot of things people need to just think about and take into consideration. And, you know, we put people in office. We vote these people. What people need to understand is they work for us. They work for us. But yet they make the laws and stuff like that. But let me tell you something. We are the ones to put them in office so that we don't have to worry about dealing with that stuff. But at the same time, when they make laws, when they do things that affects the society in a bad way, we got the right to stand up and say, hey, look, wait a minute. You got to do away with that. You got to do away with it. Absolutely. But Absolutely. People forget that. People forget that, you know, we don't do what they say. They are, they work for us. They're supposed to do what we what we need as a society, what we need as a people. Right. Not what they want, not what they desire, but what we need. Absolutely right. And when I mean by we, what I mean by we, I'm not talking about anybody, I'm talking about society itself, the human race. Right. right. And you know, going back to like you said earlier about uh, some of these old heads that, that that now that they've got on up in their years, they they've had a changed way of thinking. After forty years of being locked up, man, a person it would it would just be utter insanity for a person to do forty years for a murder or a robbery or something like that. Get out, and the first thing that crosses their mind is. I'm finna go. I'm finna go rob this person. I'm finna go kill this person. Woo, woo, woo. But after 40 years of being locked up, they come in when they're 20, 30 years old. Now they're they're an old man. They they ain't even got their their mind ain't even on that anymore. And then you have some of these people that's even older, 70, 80 years old. Uh, even some people that have dementia. Uh, let them, man, let them people go, man. They 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 too. They're too old and too. Not feeble-minded, but you know they're 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 no longer a threat to society anymore. After that point, to where they can't even think for themselves like that, they're they're how are they how are they now how are they still a threat to society? Yeah, how 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 are you punishing somebody who doesn't even realize they're being punished? Exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, you know that 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 yeah that that's a good point, bro. I mean. That, that's another, you know, and you got them all, all in MBOs. You got them all through the shit department of corrections, you know, even the general population. And that's the thing, to have dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that is an extremely dangerous thing to have in prison. That would get you killed. Absolutely. Because right. when you get them diseases like that, you're not in your right mind. You don't know where you're at. You know what I'm saying? You can say or do something. And somebody around to take offense to that and stab you down. But you, but you know what I'm saying? It, it's dangerous for them people. You know, me, me, I've been locked up now 20 years now. Okay, so I'm in here for murder. Okay. I've done served 20 years on a life sentence. Now, there's no way in hell the stuff that I've been through these past 20 years. Even though I've been locked up before, but I done did 20 years. There's no way in hell I would ever, ever willfully, maliciously, or any other way, break another law 
big leap of cruising. See what I'm saying? And you got so many people in here that's just like that. Yeah, we committed crimes back in the days. We did that. But man, we paid the price. Our life is gone. Kids grew up. We missed out on child kids watching our kids grow up. We missed out on all kinds of just everything. The world has changed dramatically in the past forty years. You know? And and, and it's just, you know, people it's time to it's time to stand up. Get your get your loved ones out of prison. The ones that deserve to be out ones who's done time, enough time to where they actually learned their lesson. And there's ways to find out before you get before they release people whether or not they actually learn their lesson or not. Look at their disciplinary records. Look at their institutional records. It's easy to find out who's who's turned their lives around. Alright people. Uh we hope uh you enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, this is uh, your host, Michael Davis. And uh, this is live and straight out of Parchment. Uh, Coco, if you're still there, would you close us out in a quick prayer, please? <coughs> well, I want to say thank you for this another time that we had together. I want to thank you for all the callers and listeners. And thank you for the prison reform advocates that want to sit there and they they band with us and they stand up for the for what's righteous for everyone that's included on this panel for our families lord keep us all to coming together and coming closer to you and closer to one another help us to get the true change and justice that we all deserve we thank you we praise you in your name we speak amen amen <laughs> Once again, people, this was a live straight out of Parliament. It's a first production. We hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week on our, hopefully on our regular night, which is Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. We hope to see you there. Good night. Plus. Plus. <laughs>